MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, December 16th, 2021. Today, Jeffrey Clark's deputy is testifying before the J6 committee. Derek Chauvin pleads guilty to two federal counts of infringing on civil rights. Jim Jordan admits to one of the text messages sent to Meadows. Assange's extradition could spell trouble for Trump and his allies. And more Republican voter fraud has been found in Florida. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, you're out next week and then I'm out. And you're, so this wait, is, you're just going to start with that? What these people don't know is somehow I started tearing up talking about this before we started recording. Yeah, this is our last show together of 2021, my friend. I, you know, if I, I kind of want to keep these as my final thoughts. So I'm just going to say, let's talk about the episode today. <laughs> All right. Well, it is an episode. We have one. <laughs> it's happening. It's, it is. It's Thursday. <laughs> And oddly, this is a relatively slow news day. Watch, I, w- all of the news is going to break in like an hour. Yeah. But we do have some important updates. Later on in the show, I'll be talking with a former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence. He's the author of The FBI Way, and he hosts the podcast The Bureau. His name's Frank Figluzzi. You know him well. And uh, we're going to discuss his piece in MSNBC Daily about the extradition of Assange and how that could spell trouble for Trump and his allies. And I know that sounds like a stretch, but stay with me. You'll hear what uh, what Frank has to say after we get to the news and do all the other stuff that we do. So why don't we do that? Why don't we hit the hot notes? Hot notes. All right. So Kenneth Klukowski was spotted heading in to testify behind closed doors before the January 6th Select Committee today. Klukowski was Jeffrey Clark's chief deputy. And let me remind you what the subpoena issued for him in November stated. It said, quote, the select committee's investigation and other inquiries, other inquiries, hmm, have revealed credible evidence that you know about and may have participated in attempts to involve the Department of Justice in efforts to encourage states to submit alternate slates of electors. He worked with Jeffrey Clark, a former Department of Justice official who proposed that the department send a letter to state legislators in Georgia and other states suggesting, among other things, that they delay or otherwise affect certification of their election results based on purported widespread voter fraud. You communicated with Mr. Clark about that letter, and Mr. Clark contacted you before he attended a meeting at the White House, during which he tried to oust acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and assume the role of acting United States Attorney General. Now, as we know, the committee has voted to hold Jeffrey Clark in criminal contempt to Congress for his failure to cooperate with their investigation, and they gave him a chance to cure his contempt charges by saying, come on in Saturday for our last ditch effort to, to cure these charges. He said he was sick and he couldn't make it. And he was scheduled to come in today to testify. But he has also, last minute breaking news, postponed his testimony today again for illness. Now, the testimony from Klukowski could complicate things for Clark and may also trigger new questions for Clark by the panel. So we'll see how that goes. It will be very interesting how long this gentleman stays sick. Mm. Yeah. And I do hope that he is. It's nothing life threatening. I just don't believe it at all. Okay. (laughs) So this next story is one of the reasons why I have not yet gotten to perform down in this specific area, AG, because I get asked to often. Three people in the villages, okay, in Florida have been charged with voter fraud in connection with last year's election. Now, let me also say, I know there's a lot of awesome people that live in the villages. It's a massive community in Florida and has a rather large lesbian population, but it's also very Trumpy. So Jay Ketzik, Joan Halstead, and John Ryder, they're accused of casting more than one ballot in the 2020 election, according to authorities. You'll never believe who they voted for. <laughs> Ketzik is accused of voting by mail in Florida, while he also casted an absentee ballot in where? Michigan. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Prosecutors say Halstead voted in person in Florida, but also cast an absentee ballot in New York. Weird. WFLA's affiliate, WESH, WESH, which is really funny, has not received a police report for Ryder yet, so we're not sure about his voting patterns and habits. (laughs) Now, according to the WKMG in Orlando, court records do not reveal which candidates the suspects cast votes for. 
Okay. The report says all three are registered as Republicans in Florida. So I'm just saying there's a strong possibility it was not for Joe Biden. Now, the arrests come weeks after Republican Governor Ron DeSantis made a pledge. He made a pledge to create a law enforcement agency to investigate election crimes. That would be, in no other, you know, in spoken terms, to investigate voter fraud, despite there being little evidence of such in the Sunshine State. So once he's like, hey, we're going to put together some people that are going to invest voter fraud, he had to put a little addendum that was like right after the Republicans stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Florida, Dana, a Florida man was arrested. Never a good start. Never a good start. (laughs) Was arrested yesterday for assaulting law enforcement and inflicting bodily injury during the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, which disrupted a joint session of the U.S. Congress that was in process of ascertaining and counting the electoral votes related to the presidential election. This is uh, I'm reading from the Department of Justice website. Mason Joel Corson, 26 of Uh, Tamarack, Florida, is charged with federal offenses that include assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers and inflicting bodily injury, civil disorder, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. And those are just some of the charges. Corson was arrested in uh, Tamarack, Florida, and made his initial court appearance today in the Southern District, Florida, by the way. He was detained pending further court proceedings. So, no, he doesn't get to go home. Corson and a second defendant, Justin Jersey, 31, of Flint, Michigan, were named as additional defendants in a third superseding indictment returned November 17th in the District of Columbia. Jersey was arrested on December 2nd. Corson is charged with a total of eight offenses in the indictment. And this case previously included seven other defendants. Interestingly, Dana, the first count in this indictment is for obstructing an official proceeding and aiding and abetting in violation of 18 U.S. Code 1215 C2. Where did I just hear about that? Yeah, what were we talking about? That is the language Liz Cheney has been using in reference to the action or inaction of Donald Trump on January 6th. She's been using it since a judge, federal judge, uh, Dabney Friedrich, ruled uh, that uh, they could, the Department of Justice could continue to use this charge and that the certification of the electoral votes is, in fact, an official proceeding. Now, uh, the count, count one, This one count by itself carries a maximum 20-year sentence. It's considerably easier to prove than seditious conspiracy. So now we have a third superseding indictment. He's been arrested. He's got seven other co-defendants, co-conspirators. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But again, I'm just, I I can't help but focus on this particular language from this particular statute. Yeah, we definitely see. Now, this uh, last story, months after he was convicted of murder, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin He pleaded guilty in federal court Wednesday to civil rights charges related to the death of George Floyd. Now, Chauvin also pleaded guilty in a separate federal case in which he was accused of depriving the rights of a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old in Minneapolis in 2017 for allegedly kneeling on the back and neck of a handcuffed, non-resisting teenager. Hmm. Yeah. As part of the plea agreement, Chauvin faces a sentence of between 20 and 25 years in prison. Prosecutors requested that he be sentenced to 25 years in prison to be served concurrently with his current 22 and a half year sentence on state murder charges. And this is a quote, defendant Chauvin has pleaded guilty to two federal civil rights violations, one of which led to the tragic loss of George Floyd's life. And this is from Attorney General Merrick Garland, okay, right from Merrick. He said in a statement, and this is uh, as he continues, while recognizing that nothing can repair the harm caused by such acts, the Justice Department is committed to holding accountable those who violate the Constitution and to safeguarding the civil rights of all Americans. Can you even imagine a statement like this coming out of the previous Justice Department? No, not at all. No. No, They wouldn't have even brought these charges. Absolutely. And finally, quick story here. Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio. Uh, He confirmed that he is the sender of a text message to former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows that was partially revealed this week by the January 6th committee. And here's the full text that he sent. He forwarded this, by the way. It's been confirmed. He forwarded this from Schmick or something. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a Federalist a-hole. Quote, on January 6th, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence, as president of the Senate, should call out all the electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all in accordance with guidance from the founding father, Alexander Hamilton, and judicial precedents. Quote, no legislative act, wrote Alexander Hamilton in Federalist 78, contrary to the Constitution, can be valid. 
So he's basically saying that any law he doesn't like, Alexander Hamilton agrees with him and says it should be thrown out. He goes on to say the court in Hubbard v. Lowe reinforces this truth that an unconstitutional statute is not a law at all is a proposition no longer open to discussion. Jordan's office has taken issue with the committee's presentation of the text, which omitted the complicated legal citations in the second half. Schmidt's words, Schmidt, that's his name, not Smick. Schmidt's words are an argument that Pence had the unilateral authority to simply refuse to count electoral votes as he deemed unconstitutional, akin to arguments made by Trump allies John Eastman and Jenna Ellis. Jordan's text does not make clear that it was a forward, and the committee has indicated that it would have questioned Meadows about the context of the text message. Had he appeared for deposition, we would have talked about the whole fucking thing, you dickbag. <laughs> anyway, up next, I'm going to be speaking with former assistant FBI director uh, for Counter Intel, host of the Bureau podcast, Frank Faglusi. We're going to talk about the implications of the Assange extradition from the UK for Trump and his allies. So I'm looking forward to that. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by my favorite cereal ever, Magic Spoon. I've been trying to eat healthier, but it's hard during the holidays. If you're like me and you're looking for a healthy, delicious cereal that doubles as a satisfying snack, Magic Spoon is it. Magic Spoon uh, has amazing flavors that you crave, but without all the bad stuff. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs in each serving and only 140 calories. It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free and low carb. And you can build your own custom bundle with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, and more. And uh, they just recently brought back two super flavors. Uh, the, the popular ones that they always sell out of, they have them now. Cookies and cream and maple waffles. So make sure to get them again or try them for the first time if you haven't. They're delicious. I love that Magic Spoon is healthy and delicious. It's perfect for a guiltless midnight snack, too. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word at checkout. You'll save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their stuff, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money, no questions asked, so there's no risk. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code DAILYBEANS to save $5 off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring the show. Today's show is also brought to you by BetterHelp. They provide online counseling services. All of us could benefit from a little support, especially when it comes to health and mental well-being. You know, I've had PTSD and anxiety for a long time. And having that and having to cope with it has this taught me that it's better to seek help than to try to cope alone, especially professional help. And asking for help is hard, but BetterHelp makes it convenient and easy. You can message your counselor anytime from anywhere. You get prompt responses that are thoughtful and you can schedule weekly meetings by phone or video, too. It's more affordable than offline counseling and financial aids available. And if you need to change your counselor to get that great therapeutic match, it's always easy and free to do so. So visit BetterHelp's website. Read testimonials like this one by user RO who says, Dr. Wilkinson's been a huge help in my therapy. He's easy to listen to and he makes it comfortable to talk to him. I was very nervous at first, but he made a huge, huge impact already with just the short time we've been meeting. I would highly recommend him to anyone else seeking therapy. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And you can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am honored to be joined today by a former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, MSNBC contributor, author of The FBI Way, very important book everyone needs to pick up, and host of the podcast The Bureau on MSW Media. Please welcome Frank Faglusi. Hey, Frank, how's it going? Please keep your seats, everybody. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. We don't have time for the ovation. Standing ovation now. Yeah. I'll let it. I'll right. let it go for a couple minutes here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So you, it was all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, you know, I mean, relatively speaking. And then you dropped a piece about Assange being extradited mm -hmm. to the United States. Mm -hmm. At least a judge over in the UK has has made that determination. Mm -hmm. The court there. And uh, this, to be clear, in your piece here, you're saying this is not an extradition about what happened in 2016. Tell us what this particular espionage charge for. Yeah, and I and I think you're you know you're right. I, I was telling you things got busy when this column dropped because we've had a week of just hellacious news revelations. And and I drafted this piece as soon as the news broke on Friday that the UK court had said, yeah, you you can extradite Assange. And and the news has been so, you know, one after another, 24-7 about. The select committee revelations, understandably, that that this now is just getting to the forefront. So, what is it? What's the ruling? 
As people know, Assange, uh, or may not know, Assange actually holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for seven, yes, repeat, seven years, where he reportedly actually started to go insane, by, by the way, including smearing feces on the wall and all kinds of bizarre behavior. He also happened to uh, impregnate his girlfriend while holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy and now has at least one kid by her. But long story short, the United States a government wants him on federal charges um, because of what he did with and to one Chelsea Manning, an Army intelligence analyst who is responsible for arguably the greatest leak of classified military intelligence in United States history. We can go on for an hour about um, the grooming of Chelsea Manning, a very disturbed young person who who WikiLeaks identified as recruitable and, and groomed him and affirmed him. And he leaked like crazy. And, and that those are the charges that point right to Julian Assange, who is the founding uh, father of WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you say he at the time, Chelsea Manning, the, those were her pronouns when, when this all went down. Now, you talk about here how this could pose a problem for, for Donald Trump and his allies, this extradition, with regards to 2016. And you talk about in in two ways. First of all, dealing with the conspiracy that at the time Mueller didn't have enough evidence to charge. And then also obstruction and not the obstruction that we see in volume two necessarily, but some obstruction that kind of came through his written answers to, to, to Mueller's question. So let's start with conspiracy. Let's talk about that and how, you know, given the statute of limitations, although I think espionage carries a much longer term, but how could that come into play when most of this stuff happened in 2016? Yeah. And of course, I acknowledge I am talking to someone who perhaps more than anyone else in the media covered the Mueller report. Um, so I'm not pretending to know anything you you don't know, but let's refresh everybody's memory. The uh, Robert Mueller's special counsel inquiry did not look for this thing called collusion with the Russians between the campaign and the Russians. It looked for something called criminal conspiracy. And what I assert assert in the article is that Assange may be the person who can close the gap between this vague concept of collusion, which there was plenty of, if people would simply read volume one of the Mueller report, (laughs) and a criminally chargeable offense. What do I mean by that? Let's, Let's recall that multiple parties, including Michael Cohen and Rick Gates um, and others, reported to Mueller that when Roger Stone kept promising Trump derogatory information that would come out to harm Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and it would come through WikiLeaks. In fact, Rick Gates recounts that while on a on a limo ride to LaGuardia Airport with Trump, Trump took a call from Roger Stone. Trump hangs up the phone and says. Something like Roger says there's going to be some more damaging information coming uh, from WikiLeaks. So while Roger Stone denies that he was a go-between, it's clear to me that he and or others in Stone's orbit were in fact in contact with WikiLeaks. And so why should we care? Julian Assange will know that Mm -hmm. and he'll know who was in contact with him and his people. And specifically, he'll know if anyone said, hey, Assange. Um, we're telling the big guy, Trump, all about this. And he wants you to release this on Tuesday. Oh, and by the way, um, with regard to this criminal conspiracy involving Russia, um, yeah, we understand that you're hooked up with Russia and that Russia hacked this stuff and you're getting it and you're getting it uh, from them and you're going to disseminate it. So we're all one big, happy Russia WikiLeaks family. That's why I say Assange could really be the fly in Trump's ointment. Yeah. And I'm also wondering if prosecutors could argue for extensions on statute of limitations pending extradition of a of a very important witness we'll see how that plays out yeah they can and you know already people on social media are saying hey you twit uh assange assange, assange is charged with that chelsea manning thing he's not charged with this and, and i go yep that's right yep that's what i said in the column and it doesn't matter it happens all the time it happens particularly in corruption cases where a bad cop is arrested and the first question the fbi asks him is hey, um, can you tell us anything about this precinct over here with the other bad cops, right? Same thing for politicians, low-level corrupt politician arrested. Hey, can you tell us about the governor, right? Uh, that's how this works. So it doesn't matter. If DOJ wants to cut Assange a deal for him coughing up the Trump associates, the Russia connection, the WikiLeaks leaking on behalf of Trump, they can decide to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I, the, there's some First Amendment considerations, too. I know uh, some journalists are concerned with this espionage charge. They were when it came out, 17 counts, 18 counts, something like that. They're saying, well, I, hey, he's he's a he's a journalist. He's just publishing what he's got. But you you can't you can do that. But you can't also participate in stealing the data. Yeah, I'm really familiar with this whole battle that goes on. In fact, some of some of the hosts on uh, the very network I'm associated with seem to, to think this is potentially harmful to journalism. I, here's my position on this. Uh, people have heard me say this before. An organization that exists solely to acquire stolen, hacked, secret government information is, is not conducting themselves in a journalistic way. And um, I was part, personally, of the whole debate at FBI and DOJ with regard to whether WikiLeaks is or is not a media organization. I'm here to tell you they are not. And anybody who wants to really study that can look at what they did to help President Trump and disseminating hacked Russian, uh, hacked Rus- Russian hacked emails from the DNC and other places. He's a criminal. Assange is, is a criminal. That's my opinion. And I actually think journalists undermine their, themselves when they claim that he's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. That this guy is one of them. He, he's not. Yeah, DNC and the RNC, which were never publicly weaponized, which is what, you know, when I think of of uh, Mark Meadows just quitting Congress to become chief of staff or uh, Ratcliffe just quitting Congress to become the DNI or Nunez just quitting Congress to become the CEO of a company that's under investigation by FINRA and the SEC. I'm like, do they really want to do these things? Or perhaps they might have some sort of... Uh, hmm, negative information they want to prevent coming out. That's all speculation, of mm-hmm. course. But I want to ask you about obstruction, but I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? I will. Thank you. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And this episode of Beans is brought to you by Cometeer, the most delicious coffee brewed through better science. Cometeer is pre-brewed frozen coffee that comes in pocket-sized recyclable capsules that you melt in hot water to make. And you don't need any equipment, no French press, no drip machine, nothing. Uh, You can always get barista-quality coffee or lattes with Cometeer. I used to fill my weak coffee with cream and sugar, but Cometeer is so smooth and balanced, I just drink it black now. Cometeer has discovered a new way to make coffee. Uh, It's flash-frozen to lock in all the flavors and freshness, and then you just take the capsule, you pour the hot water over it, it melts, and then you pour that into, uh, you know, water with ice to make iced coffee. That's 10-second iced coffee, or lattes are just as easy, or you just add hot water. And Cometeer arrives each month to my home, and it features the best regional specialty roasters with enough capsules for 32 cups. It's the kind of delicious variety I've always wanted, and now I have it. I rule. Uh, We have a special offer just for listeners. For a limited time, you can get $20 off your first order. That's 10 free cups, and shipping is always free, but only when you visit Cometeer.com slash Beans20. That's Cometeer, C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R dot com slash Beans2020. I know I was skeptical at first. You melt it to make it, but it's so delicious. One of the best cups of coffee, if not the best tasting cups of coffee I've ever had. So if you like coffee at all, this is a taste to believe product. That's cometeer.com slash beans20 to save $20 off your first order. A new day has arrived on earth for coffee. That's cometeer.com slash beans20. And today's show is also brought to you by Calibrate. Weight loss fads never work. You yo-yo up and down. That's hard on your body. It's hard on your heart. It's, It's just not good for you. Um, But now we have Calibrate. It's not a diet. It's not a quick fix. It's a year-long commitment that gives you the tools to fight your biology. Traditional diets don't work because you can't fight your biology with willpower. Calibrate is different, though. It's comprehensive, doctor-guided. It's a metabolic reset. It promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate is a fully integrated program combining classes and one-on-one video coaching. It has in-app tracking and community of members like you, plus medical care, including a video doctor visit. Calibrate works best because they combine doctor-prescribed, FDA-approved medication paired with lifestyle changes and coaching to improve your metabolic health. Before Calibrate, you can only get this in clinical and academic settings. And you can easily fit Calibrate into your busy schedule, too. It's very convenient. Your goals are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches. And you can check in with the app as little or as often as you'd like. Your weight does not reflect your willpower. So get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at joincalibrate.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Frank Figlusi, author of The FBI Way, host of the Bureau podcast, former uh, assistant director for counterintelligence for the FBI, talking about his piece for MSNBC on Julian Assange. And the second thing that you mentioned in your piece is obstruction of justice. And I'm sure you've gotten a lot of pushback on this, too, saying, hey, the statute of limitations has to be up on obstruction of justice, but help educate some of those folks. Statute of limitations, five years, obstruction of justice, 1001 charge. 
happens when the obstruction happens. And Trump didn't turn in his written questions to Robert Mueller until November of 2018. They battled for over a year to get even those bullshit written <laughs> written answers mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. So we aren't anywhere close to coming up on the expiration of statute of limitations for that kind of obstruction. So talk a little bit more about this. Yeah, you you well, you've got that. Are you sure you don't have a law degree? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Well, Just, I could write. I could make one. Um, hey, if Kim if Kim Kardashian could take the bar exam without going to law school, <laughs> uh, you, you certainly deserve to have a past exam right now. You're you're in. Thank you. Do oh, they do honorary law degrees? I, I actually, yeah, I think they do. I, we can we can work on that. Yeah, Kim, maybe Kardashian can hook you up. So, mm. listen, you're right. The obstruction, the obstruction in the case of Trump would be part part of this would be the lie to Mueller in the in the thirty some odd times he told Mueller in writing. I don't remember. I don't recall. I've got no recollection. When when really he seems to have been in the middle of the Wiki, WikiLeaks acquisition, knowledge of it certainly. And I think Assange can help there. But also, let's let's also remember, people people are saying on social media, well, didn't they didn't DOJ close this whole thing on on Trump and Russia? You can reopen a case with new evidence. You can recharge. You know, this is I'm talking about a new count. I'm t- as you said, this was not enumerated as a potential obstruction charge by Mueller in in volume two. This would be obstructing by lying to Mueller with regard to WikiLeaks and Russia. And I would assert that constitu- that that would merit a reopening of the case and would point right back to the time frame of his uh, submitted written responses to Mueller. Yeah. Reopening a case like the um, the Michael Cohen uh, Stormy Daniels hush money that was closed by the Southern District of New York, which the statute of limitations, I think, won't expire until at least the end of next year, because when Trump was writing those checks to Michael Cohen, that's a continuation of the scheme, a continuation of the crime, falsifying yeah. business documents, et cetera. And so, you know, a lot of people thought that, that that would have expired by now, but I don't believe that it has. But I think it is it a little more difficult with new evidence to reopen a case that's been closed? You have to make an argument as to why it should be reopened in addition to just investigating? Mm-hmm. You do. You do. It's it's not it's really not that hard. The the new the new evidence would be there if the science decides to talk and and they they could reopen it. It would be done likely through the uh US attorney in in the District of Columbia and whoever's controlling the the Assange case. This goes way back. For me, I have to tell you the bigger question for me, because, you know, I'm a CI guy and I had a piece of this action before I retired as AD of counterintelligence. Assange is a bad dude. And I am I don't want anybody to think that I'm suggesting he should walk, even if he gives up Trump, Russia, WikiLeaks. He's a bad guy. He gave up, you know, without going into any classified detail, he gave up stuff that, that sources, methods that were singular in nature that the U.S. intelligence community may never get back. So, you know, may have been all fun and games. Oh, look, we're revealing that the U.S. government is spying on X. Yeah, great. You know, it took 10 years maybe for a human source to put a microphone in somebody's office. Do you, do you know that in a foreign country? Do you know an adversary's country? Do you understand what you just did? Did you maybe get that source killed? Because that's the only room that could have come from. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. So he's a bad dude. I don't think he should walk. But I do, I do think this is so important to our country with regard to learning what happened with WikiLeaks, Russia, and Trump, that he should get a significant deal um, if he's willing to give them. Yeah. And I mean, they've got a lot of room to work with. You know, I think of Joel Greenberg and his 33 counts down to seven in the middle district of, of Florida. He's got, what, 17, 18 counts of espionage here in this indictment. So there's room to to pull things down and still get him for being the bad guy that he is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. I, I just want to see how this plays out. And I know, you know, we're all everybody's thought, oh, well, DOJ wasn't doesn't want to appear political. They're concerned about the optics. And, you know, hey, if somebody's giving if somebody is and boy, we're way ahead of, ahead of ourselves. Right. Because as I point out in the column, yeah. um, Assange, Assange will almost definitely appeal the U.K., a decision to the UK Supreme Court. So we've got some time here, right? And he'll play this out. But I don't think he's going to win. And, um, you know, uh, we've already had to promise the UK that we're not going to execute him. You know, we have to treat him nicely. This appears to be a big thing in, in the UK. It's, hey, do you promise if we extradite this person that he'll, he won't be put into severe conditions? Uh, okay, yeah, we promise that too, you know. Yeah, but part of our treaty, uh, our extradition treaty. Yeah. We have to, we have to follow right. these rules. Yeah. 
Now, final question. You had mentioned early in the first segment there, smearing poop on walls and uh, et cetera. Do you think he's competent to stand trial? He might actually have a pretty good defense for insanity. We're going to see it. We're going to see it tried. But but I think it's telling that the UK court did not, although they cited all of these concerns about his mental health, if he were to get extradited and put in U.S. prison, that didn't hold them back. That didn't hold them back. They say, no, yeah, he, I guess he can go. And look, we have a way of doing this. There, I mean, we have something called, you know, guilty but insane here. We have criminal insanity. We have special prisons for the criminally insane. So he'll he'll try that. And this will be a great sympathy ploy, real or imagined. I get that. But you know, we have ways of dealing with that for far lesser criminals than Assange. Could make him an unreliable witness, however, uh, which is, I think, what my main concern would be when, when we're talking about the obstruction, when we're talking about. But I mean, if, if, if you know, much like Rick Gates in the Manafort trial, it wasn't his testimony that swung anybody. It was the documentation that his testimony led to. And um, that that could be the case here as well. Yeah, I think in my column, you'll see a citation, and I believe it's sort of the Washington Post piece, really well done on the data on how Assange and WikiLeaks made this happen, how they sought out Guccifer uh, 2.0, which is the Russian Gen- uh, GRU intelligence service, military intelligence. That's the 400-pound guy in New Jersey. Yeah, right, which turned out to be a, a known, and by the way, Assange would have known, I'm I'm reaching out for the GRU called, you know, uh, uh, and, and they're going to disseminate this. So she, um, this is laid out in a Post article. So my point, what's my point with the insanity issue? You never go on one man's uh, word alone, even especially if he's got mental health issues. But certainly what they would do is they confront him with all the data. And boy, Mueller has the receipts on this, on Guccifer and the GRU officers. Man, he's got it down. They Remember, he indicted 12 GRU officers. So he's got the data. All they have to do is put it in front of Assange. And Assange goes, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's them. Right. And and fill in the blanks. They've got it. Yeah. And, it, and, and everyone, it's going to take a while. Just. <laughs> putting that out there, as we know, I, I feel like I have to make that caveat on any yeah. federal criminal investigation and especially at waiting appeals for the extradition. It's going to be a minute. Yeah, yep. exactly. People need to be patient. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Everybody check it out. The MSNBC. Is it the MSNBC Daily, Frank? It's called MSNBC Daily. It's the it's their uh, digital platform for uh, news and analysis. Yep. And you could probably just Google like Fugluzzi and Assange. And uh, and it'll pop right up. I highly recommend you read it. It's got a lot of really good information in there. Of course, also get the FBI way if you don't have it. And also the Bureau podcast on the MSW Media Network. We're really excited about season three. We've got some amazing guests coming up. So I, I'm looking forward to that, too. But I appreciate your time, as always. Oh, anytime. Take care. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. If you're looking for a delicious, healthy snack that's actually satisfying, I have a great recommendation for you. It's the Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars. They taste amazing. They contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based. They don't have any GMOs or soys or trans fats or sugar alcohols, and no high-intensity sweeteners either. And you don't have to be keto to love these. They're just a good, delicious, healthy snack. I'm trying to, trying to eat better all the time. Monk Pat Keto Granola Bars have helped me do that because they're a great, healthy snack that's actually filling and satisfying. I just pop a couple in my fanny pack when I go on a hike, and they're amazing. Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars come in delicious flavors like coconut cocoa chip, peanut butter, and blueberry almond vanilla. My favorite right now is the peanut butter this week. I'm really into the peanut butter. I love the chewy texture. They're delicious. Um, They have no high-intensity sweeteners, no weird aftertaste. And so try it for yourself, and you'll see. We have a special deal for you. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering code DAILYBEANS at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll either exchange it for you or refund your money, whichever you want. So to get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product, enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word at checkout, you'll save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. And finally, today's show is also brought to you by Scribd. It's my new favorite thing. It can be very difficult to find the right book or podcast that you're looking for. With all the content available today, which is pretty much infinite, I usually spend more time looking for my next book than actually reading it, but not anymore, thanks to Scribd. With Scribd, you'll have access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, court documents, dissertations, magazines, and more, along with thoughtfully curated editor's picks and smart recommendations based on what you've read. So choosing your next book becomes easier than ever. 
And it's all for one low monthly subscription. For just $9.99 a month, you get this ultimate reading subscription service, which allows you to explore all of your interests in any format you want. The service is great. I can discover must-read new work from acclaimed authors that appear exclusively on Scribd, like Roxanne Gay. And when I want to change things up, I'm free to switch between titles, genres, and formats anytime on my phone, tablet, or computer. And right now, we're offering listeners of this program a free 60-day trial. Free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com slash ag for your 60-day free trial and give it a give it a look. See what's in there. That's try.scribd.com, S-C-R-I-B-D.com slash A-G to get 60 days of Scribd for free. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news is on the way. Dana, our last good news together. Stop it. You're trying to get me to cry. I don't know what's going on today. I feel more emotional than normal. But we'll be back. We'll be back January 2nd. January oh, I can't 3rd, wait. I know. I'm really actually looking forward to putting this year behind me and uh, starting anew. Starting anew. Yeah. And you'll be out next week. I'm going to take Monday's show solo. Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to be joined by Andrew Torres, my co-host. Nice. Clean up on aisle 45. And then uh, Thursday and Friday, Amy Carrero will be here to to go through the headlines and read the good news with me. But um, today's good news, though, especially interesting and wonderful. And if you have any good news, things you want to submit, anything you want to send into us, you know the drill. You can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Dana, I'm going to I'm going to kick us off. (laughs) First, the first two, actually, because this one's pretty short. You got it. But this is from Cuddly Turtle, pronoun she and her. A.G., a judge can squash a bug. A judge can quash a motion or a pleading. Much love. You ladies are the best. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. And I am I apologize that I didn't clarify when I said squash the pleading or motion. That's the language that they used, not me. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Cuddly Turtle says, for pod pet tax, I give you Rosie the floof. floof. She came from a feral cat community as a kitten. So she is a what the fluff. Uh-huh. I like it. Oh, my <gasps> God. I love, The word floof for some reason makes me super happy. Floof and Floof. boop and boop. And next up from JR, pronouns he and him. The patience wars. Hello, and thanks for making a difference. Merrick Garland is demanding our patience as attorney general. And it's driving us nuts. I suspect that he is methodically using the levers of legal power at his disposal in every direction while not giving away any clues to bad guys about where the DOJ is headed. Because as we know, if he doesn't do it right, then it's all for naught. This has created what I'm calling the patience wars. (laughs) I'm continually reminded of the HBO movie, The Pentagon Wars, when you talk about the Department of Justice. The movie is the story of of the Bradley fighting vehicle and defeating corruption in defense contracting based on the book of the same title by James Burton. The tale is of how one honest Air Force officer exposed the waste crazy spending in the development of a new armed troop carrier entirely by using by the book means at his disposal and ultimately prevailing in stopping the Pentagon from creating a death trap for its own soldiers. In other words, working within the system to fix the system. I find a helpful distraction in the story told by this movie and recommend it to anyone losing their patience while the stakes are so high. Also, it's funny so it's got that going for it, which is nice. <laughs> again, <laughs> I thought he was talking about Merrick Garland for a second. I'm like, it doesn't strike me as a humorist. But again, Merrick Garland is demanding our patience as attorney general. And there's good reason to believe he's following the rules to conduct the most important investigation ever by the Department of Justice. So when I find myself saying, but I'm mad now, I try to remember the two most powerful warriors are patience and time. Thanks, Tolstoy. And nice. this is no moment to let morale sink. Don't give up. Democracy is at stake. Oh, my goodness. Very well. Well, well great submission, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Uh, you want me to take the next two and you'll close us out today? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, I'll do a short, long one, too. Uh, this one's from Brian. Pronouns he, him. A few months back, I told the Beans crew that my wife told me we were pregnant with our second child after trying for exactly none. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we were keeping things under wraps until everything was safe. Well, yesterday, Katya, nice, was born happy and healthy. Thanks for all you do, and welcome to the newest news with Swearing Listener. <gasps> oh, my goodness. My damn ovaries. Thank you for that, Brian. My goodness. She's perfect. She's perfect. <laughs> Look at this one on the right, her little face. I it, re- know. it reminds me of Devil Wears Prada, the oh pursed gosh. lips, you know? So good. <laughs> so good. So all right, good. this one's from Ella. 
Pronunci and her. Dear Beans Queens, it's hard to describe how much more peaceful your presence helps me to feel. As a disabled person, the difficulties of surviving, never mind thriving, in an increasingly volatile culture and rolling pandemic have been sometimes overwhelming. I rarely have what I think would pass as good news in most people's worlds, but I treasure any sweet moment I can because my life at times depends on doing it. Anyway, you are part, oh God, AJ, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through this. Anyway, you are part of that survival. I thank you with the deepest, wildest love in my heart. Here's my confession, but it also could be filed under adaptive coping strategies and finding humor where you can. Maybe I will be okay. Okay. For as long as I can remember, my family has put voice to our companion animals so much that we include them in our daily discourse almost without thinking about it. In fact, I was astonished to realize that other people don't do that when a close friend came to visit my family home and and was bemused and amused at how bizarre she found it. She still teases me about it, asking what the pets have been saying lately. (laughs) Anyway, the pandemic having cut off pretty much all in-home contact with people from my disabled, elderly, and medically vulnerable family, this practice has been enhanced, shall we say. Now, last Christmas, I gave my folks the gift of cutting cable and setting up the TVs with streaming services using a device to make the interface consistent for my beloved oldsters, who, nine months in, finally find their shows most of the time. The gift came with unlimited and cheerful tech supply, which is worth more than the nearly 2000 they can save. Mm. Now, at some point, I added YouTube to the apps menu, and one quiet evening, we decided to see if the cats would like to watch a bit of kitty TV. The ragdoll cat, Lewis, pronounced like the Sun King he is, loved it. And we ended up having to move his tower, give him a better viewing angle. Although he usually goes to sleep about a half hour into his, quote, shows. We deprive deprive almost endless amusement from the banter that results from his rapt attention to the birds, mice, squirrels, and so on that people cleverly feed and film to entertain indoor animals. He has favorite channels, but has expanded his viewing to things like soccer or football, depending where you live, and sometimes other human-focused content. Then the other night, shit got real. Okay, it's Christmas season on TV, and of course that means our childhood favorites are readily available. Scrolling for something to watch, I said, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, in the list, and immediately wanted to hear the song I'm sure you can sing, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Mm -hmm. You really are a heel. You're You're cuddly as a cactus. Well done. You're charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. Well done, A.G. So I asked my mom if she would mind watching it for a few minutes, swearing she had never seen it. She agreed, but only if Lewis liked it. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I love the submission. Sorry about that laugh. Lewis, I don't know where it came from. Lewis just huffed a bunch of... (laughs) Lewis just huffed a bunch of silver vine catnip mixture (laughs) and was high as a kite. Playing in one of his tunnels. When, he st- when we started the show, he ran up to the tower and started watching. His expressions were priceless. As I write this, I feel how utterly silly it sounds, but I'm this, f- I'm this far in, so I'll go on. Lewis was stunned by the Grinch. I have not seen him react to a TV show in this way before. He could barely peel his wide blue eyes away from it, except to establish joint attention with us, as if to ask, can you believe this guy? Whoa, who would do that? Why would he do that? Uh, I just can't believe I didn't know about this guy before. Okay, we were dying laughing because it made the show so much better to have Lewis commentary. And it made me think of feline version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. (laughs) So thank you for being part of our lives and for encouraging people to share who and how we are. Day by day, in this weird time, I really do appreciate your brilliance, kindness, curiosity, compassion, and wits. And tax and evidence attached, you'll find a couple of photos of cats enjoying TV, one of Lewis and his TV-watching tower, and one of the Zorro and Trillium practicing for the feline MST3K. (laughs) Then Zorro insisted that I add a portrait of him. Quote, my name means fox, you know. And though he's mainly named for the swashbuckling thwarter (laughs) thwarter of crooked nobles. Hmm. Okay, I keep trying to figure out how to get our whole canine feline family into a photo. But for now, I'll send all our best wishes and holiday swears from Angus, God of Love, Bodhi, Caramel, Louis, Pippi, Sassafras, Pearl, Sundance, Sweet Molly by Golly, Trillium, and Zorro. My God. <laughs> P.S. Not to totally overdo the whole conversation, but about the table flipping Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason there were kids around the money changers has to do with the whole culture around the temple in Jerusalem. People bought animals to sacrifice to Yiwi, 
Yahweh. Sorry about that. To Yahweh. Sorry. It's Yahweh. Yahweh. Come on. Oh my God. To Yahweh. And because Every Gentile knows about Yahweh. I know. I know. And because they came from lots of places, currency had to be changed to local stuff. The money changers Jesus got mad at were basically stealing from the poor who were trying to get their God to smile down on them by offering what they had. Anti-capitalistic Jesus is my favorite Jesus. <laughs> this whole fucking submission is absolutely brilliant, Ella. Okay. Kitty's watching TV. Oh, look at Lewis. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is hilarious. <laughs> He's just watching. Oh, this is so great. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for that submission. It was wonderful. All right, AG, take it away, my dear. All right. Finally, up from Claudia, no pronouns given. No, Claudia, excuse me. Uh, Unless that's a typo, uh, which happens sometimes here at the Daily Beans. Hello, Beans, Queens, and Leguminati. I've been listening since, as others say, the kitchen table days. Many thanks to AG, Dana, and the behind the scenes crew. We know you are there and we appreciate you. Their persistence to bring us sanity, warmth, kindness, acceptance, and community in a fun, joyful way fills me with sunshine every day. This is a terrible story. This is a mom confession with a holiday twist. I feel it's time I get this off my chest and contribute to the podcast. I also want to say I am a mechanical engineer by trade. I will do my best with putting together the putting together of the words. <laughs> nice. The day was December 31st in the Southwest. As a family, we typically do a New Year's Eve day activity, then come home to feast and conduct all the end of the year rituals. Some are weird and some are just funny, but everyone has a good time. We wear red underwear for luck and love in the new year. Nice. We take the luggage down and parade outside the house for safe travels in the new year. I carry my pets too. I sweep floor dust out the door to get rid of last year's bad juju. We discontinued the tossing of the coins done for financial prosperity because we were slipping on them and the girls were using them for projectiles. (laughs) (laughs) The truth, I was slipping and I was getting in trouble chunking the coins at the backs of heads. (laughs) Yeah, just blame it on the girls. The ritual we always keep and enjoy is the eating of the 12 grapes exactly at midnight for luck in all 12 months of the new year. We prepare all the props and the kids wake me up in time to eat the grapes and to participate in the other fun things at midnight. We shopped for the grapes after our day activity. It was a long but fun day. The girls were about 15 and 12. The kids were riled up, you know, when kids are overtired, pushing each other to be the first through the door and laughing extra loud at any little thing like that. And I was super tired as well. They were making me and my husband nuts and basically being obnoxious. I say this with love. We couldn't shop for the grapes for our dinner because the kids kept bugging us. I decided to give them a job to find a special ingredient, the one I couldn't find in the produce section next to the grapes. Asked if they could please go back to the produce section to look for dingleberries. (laughs) (laughs) They were on it and raced each other back to the produce section. Fifteen minutes later, they came back and said, nope, they're out. (laughs) (laughs) I looked sternly at them and said, go back and ask the produce guy if he has any in the back and we need them. And they went back and they found us at checkout. Still no dingleberries. They said the produce guy assured them he did not have any dingleberries in the back. (laughs) hilarious. This was about nine or ten years ago. One daughter is 2,000 miles away at school and the other will leave us soon as well. We'll be together for the holidays, though. And so I look forward to our next New Year's Eve together. Oh, and I almost forgot the pick. Here's our silly loving family taken in our beloved Tula, Mexico before the world changed. Oh, my God. What a fantastic story. And what a beautiful family. Your girls are gorgeous. <sighs> Sent the girls to get dingleberries oh from my produce God, that's and then awesome. made him check the back. Mm hmm. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you for all these submissions. If you have anything you want to send in to us, please don't hesitate to do so by going to Daily Beans Pod, clicking on Contact Dana. Yes, dear. Do you have any final thoughts for the year? I do, and I'll try not to be long-winded. This community has brought me so much joy. I can't even express to you. And AG, you know, I, I don't know, many of you know that AG and I have only met in person once, but you become such a nice support system in my life. And I, I, I know that that's mutual. And just the support from you and, and the Beans listeners and in times, the people that enjoy when I mess up, the people that enjoy my sensitivity, you know, and sometimes the world looks at people who are sensitive as there's something wrong with them. This community embraces us. And so I just love you guys. I love all of you. And I'm sorry, you use the word guys. It's a, it's a bad habit. I love all of you. 
my male, female, non-binary, my trans community, my gay, lesbian, bisexual, every single one of you, this community is made up of every, every good thing in this country, this community is made up of. Mm. And so I thank you for being in my life and I cannot wait to be a part of yours in 2022. And I hope that you have a beautiful holiday season, a wonderful new year. And I will talk to you very soon. I, you know, we'll be texting. Oh yeah. You and I will be, but those other people want to be texting. You'll just have to, you'll just have to wait, but I'll be on, I'll be, you know what, join the Patreon and, and, and join behind the beans. Cause I often jump in there and, and, and join conversations on that, that Facebook page. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll jump in and say hi to the patrons from time to time and, and see what you guys are doing over the next two weeks. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of, of the year as Thank well you. and an incredible new year. And, uh, I, hopefully 2022 will be the, uh, the year of accountability. Oh, and maybe oh, we need to get t-shirts made. <laughs> May 2022 be the year of accountability for everyone, personally, nationally, politically. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm, yeah, it's America's Yom Kippur next year. That's Let's what do we're going to do. And I'm, I, you know, I love you too. And I feel like, you know, we we started working together um, about a year, maybe a year, a little over a year ago, and um, you have really become a very important member of my chosen family. So thank you, you as well. Thank you very much, friend. We're going to spend more time physically together in twenty twenty. I cannot wait. It's going to be my new resolution: spend more time with Dana. Dana. <laughs> there is no Dana. Only and soon. hopefully, I'll see some of you all actually on the road because I'm going to start doing some shows live in twenty twenty two. So I'll keep you posted on that schedule. Awesome. Well, until next year, my friend, and until tomorrow for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> take care of yourselves. <laughs> take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.